Yes, here we are. We're doing it. Thanks, <laughs> it us. Hillary. It's not going to be a repeat. It's going to be worse. That's all. Uh, I remember going back to like 2000. Uh, I want to say it was 2016. The first time I said, oh, gosh, I hope it's not 2015. And every year since I've said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's Crazy. just like, oh, gosh, that's the worst. I, I, uh, the, I guess 2020 does stand out as... Pretty bad year. Yeah, that one. It's hard to top that. That yeah. was really. Yeah. I think about think about just 2020. You had COVID. Mm-hmm. Then you had the George Floyd stuff. Seconds. Oh. Then yeah. you had the election. And the and the rioting and, and the between. rioting. Yeah. yeah. Well, the George Floyd stuff. I was. Yeah. Mute. Okay. That, the, you were including the, in, the rioting. The now. incident mm-hmm. to the riots. Yeah. Right. And I mean, and and multiple other riots and you know it wasn't just george floyd every time an african-american would be shot for any reason we would be wielding a knife there were riots afterward yep uh and then uh you had the election and then all that aftermath that leads up to january 6th and of 2021 that, that that's a bad period that's, that's a, a bad stretch year. yeah that's one to delete yeah that's one uh, that's you know that's like uh the godfather three of years <laughs> you just you don't you didn't need it uh, it's Pat and Stu for Glenn. Coming up. today 888-727-BECK if you'd like to get in touch with us we're going to talk about uh, this big story of this high profile congressman <laughs> George Santos man oh. how many times have we talked about George Santos yeah I mean if we had a nickel for every time well I know before before we left for Christmas vacation we described 2023 as the beginning of the Santos era <laughs> Right. And now... Man, little did we know. Little did we know. Uh, We'll get into that story. I mean, it's (laughs) earth-shattering. And a lot more coming up in 60 seconds. Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK. Now, we mentioned that uh, the big, gigantic... George Santos story was on the way. Maybe we should explain even who George Santos is. You, you think there's someone out there who doesn't know about the Santos mania <laughs> that has been sweeping the country? As crazy it is as it is, I think there might be a few. Just uh, that's a, shocking. A, a to me. couple, I know. That's shocking I to me. Know. If you are not engaged enough in the news <laughs> to understand the vital importance of what George Santos has brought <laughs> to this nation. Yeah, I know. You have to question your own existence. Yeah, you really do. At this point. I mean, how ignorant are you mm. if you haven't been paying attention to the entire life story 
of George Santos. And, and I, this is the real state of affairs on the George Santos story. Okay. I, for a living, work on elections and analyze elections on this program. Mm-hmm. I host another show, Studios America. Pat <laughs> hosts Pat Gray Unleashed, both on The Blaze. Mm-hmm. We talk about Congress, elections, all the time. Yeah. Congress people. I've all the time. Literally never heard of George <laughs> Santos. Now <laughs> until this broke. Until this broke. Yeah. Now it, this is a person who apparently won a congressional seat in New York. Yeah, he now, lost look. the first time in 2020. Mm-hmm. He came back and tried again and won this time. In 2022. So it's his first election victory ever. Ever. He uh has been the focus of more reporting from the New York Times than literally any story in the, t- the entire history of the newspaper. I've never seen them more obsessed with a story. They don't care at all what Hunter Biden did. No. They don't or care Joe Biden. at all what Joe Biden did. He's right. the current president of the United States. They don't care. They don't care at all. They but care about George Santos. Exaggerating a few elements of his life. Yeah. Like working in a bank or I don't <laughs> right. know. Seriously. It's like the man, he said he worked at Morgan. Uh, what was it? Uh, Is it Chase Morgan? Chase Morgan. Morgan I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. It was one of the banks. Uh, Morgan Chase? I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, but this is what I mean. I don't know. But it's crazy. He, so he, it's, this is what they say. This story came out late December. His campaign biography amplified his storybook journey. He was a, a you know, he was his kid of son of immigrants and blah, 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 blah. He is the son of Brazilian immigrants. The first openly gay Republican to win a House seat as a non-incumbent. And it's like when you're stretching to it's like this is the first player to have three hits on a Tuesday night yeah. between the sixth and eighth innings. It's like, all right, like, OK, we're getting to a point where we're stretching the glass ceiling a tad here. Yeah. Um, but he was the first openly gay Republican hmm. to win a House seat. As a non-incumbent. So there's been other non-Republicans that have been openly gay. And other non-incumbents. And non-incumbents. Or incumbents. That were Republican, yeah. but this guy was the first <laughs> to win a House seat as a non-incumbent. By his account, he catapulted his, himself from a New York City public college to become a seasoned Wall Street financier and investor with a family-owned real estate portfolio of 13 properties and, Pat, mm-hmm. An animal rescue charity oh, that my. saved more than 2,500 <laughs> dogs and cats. <laughs> but a New York Times review of public documents and court filings from the United States and Brazil. They went down to Brazilian courtrooms and read, read Brazilian court documents to figure this stuff out. I mean, how ridiculous is it? <laughs> how much, I mean, how exaggerated was it? Did he not work at J.P. Morgan Chase okay. at all? It was uh, Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. Oh, okay, Goldman Sachs. That's He's, right. They were, on his, uh, they were on his resume. He said he worked there, and apparently he did not work he there, did not according work to there. the Times. Okay. Um, also- uh, What about the charity, the dogs and cats? <laughs> You know, I don't know the how the dog and cat one okay. came out. All right, we need to look into that. Yeah, and I'll go to Brazil if I have to. Now, do you, would you take that as he saved two thousand five hundred dogs and two thousand five hundred cats, or a combination of dogs and cats that made up the two thousand five hundred saved animals? How would you read? We that? We have to pin it down. I don't know. We're we're going to whichever know, one though. he whatever 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 one he meant. We could just say the opposite one was a lie. Yeah, that's how this works. 
Um, he he talked about uh, you know his resume was a little bit um, inflated. Uh, he said that he uh, was managing a family f- a firm that was overblown. He won by eight points in Long on Long Island. Uh, That's where this district is, and a lot of it has to do with the way the Democratic Party completely blew the. I mean, really, the reason why the Republicans are in power right now, as far as the House goes, is because of the Democratic Party in New York, who bro- broke the law when it came to redistricting yeah. and screwed up so badly that the courts uh, redrew the districts in a fair way. Because they went so far to try to scam uh, the electorate that it blew up in their faces in the courts. So they lost something like five seats that would have gone probably to Democrats in the, with the old map. Instead went to Republicans, one of those, George Santos. And really the reason why the Republicans control the House today, arguably, is this are these New York seats. So, I mean, you could see why it's important and you can kind of see why the New York Times would want to take out George Santos because he's he's a, a part of a very small majority for Republicans. Mm-hmm. If you take out one of these people, you've taken out 20 percent of the majority. Right. Like there's yeah. only a five seat majority here. Right. If you can get all five, uh, you know, five people out, you might be able to switch the House. I mean, this is going to be a two year project for for the Democrats and the media. But like. They've acted as if this is the most important. They went yeah. to Brazil to see if, as a teenager, he committed a crime. <laughs> as a teenager. And meanwhile, Biden can lie about every aspect of his life and has. And the media couldn't care less. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Biden has lied about his entire career. He claimed he earned multiple degrees. Nope. Uh, he claimed he was in the top of his class. Nope. He claimed he was offered a job at Boise Cascade as a lumberjack. Nope. He claimed he was a truck driver. Mm, no. Mm. He marched for civil rights. Uh, no. Mm. He was arrested with Nelson Mandela in South Africa. Mm, no. no. Uh, he visited a synagogue in Pittsburgh after a shooting there. Uh, no. no. He, he he confronted a gang leader named Corn Pop. Uh, n- no. I think that one happened, but that's just me. <laughs> I don't have any evidence of it, but that one I think happened. Traveled 17,000 miles with Xi Jinping? Uh, no. No. No, he didn't. Uh, grew up in a Puerto Rican community. Uh, no. While at the same time growing up in a black church? Uh, no. I mean... On and on and on, Biden has told lies about his life and his resume, and they couldn't care less. They don't, they care, don't, at all. They don't care. But this is this is an absolute catastrophe. There have, they have armed guards waiting for him at the entrance of the Capitol building, so he can, or the uh, uh, so that he can't get into the the House of Representatives. Uh, I mean, it's they're really trying to stop him from being seated. Yeah. Oh, and it's incredible. Of course, this all has to do with this this very small majority, right? There's five seats there. Yeah, this is what they're going to try to do. They're going to they're going to do this. The scandal police are going to be out looking for everybody they can throw out of Congress, Mm -hmm. um, because if they can do this, they can get control and and wrestle it away from Republicans. But I've noticed you've just you've skipped over, you know, some of the big details of the Santos story. You know, for for example, you got me. I guess 
in two, Sorry. In 2008, uh-huh. when George Santos, a person none of us had ever heard about until, like, probably for most of the audience, 10 minutes ago, mm-hmm. when he was 19, he stole the checkbook of a man his mother was caring for, according to Brazilian court records uncovered by the Times. I, I just think about so the So they were effort. looking for the checkbook when they went to, uh, uh, apparently, Brazil. Yes. Police and court records uh. show that Mr. Santos used the checkbook to make fraudulent purchases, including mm-hmm. a pair of shoes. <laughs> That's a direct quote from the New York Times. He bought a pair of shoes. Uh, with a stolen checkbook. Yes. I mean, should we consider throwing him in prison for the rest of his life? That's, yes. the, that's the question I ask yes. all of America today. I, I think what's interesting wow. about this is not this, you know, this George Santos part of it. Because I, I have no reason to root for or against George Santos. I don't know anything about the guy. And, I, you know, look, if, he, if he embellished his resume, he shouldn't have done that. I mean, right. normally, in, in normal circumstances, there's a chance maybe this guy would resign. And maybe he will. They're really trying to get, get him to just resign. That's what they're trying to do. Put so much pressure on him that he steps down. I got to believe the, the the Republicans behind the scenes there. A lot of them are saying publicly, yeah, so you should respond. Absolutely. He should resign. This was wrong behind the scenes. The majority is so small. I'm sure they don't want this to happen, but like I'm more amazed by just the effort. This is a, a news organization that has designated seemingly all of its resources over a month or two against this guy that no one had ever heard of Mm -hmm. and no one had any opinion on and no one seemed to even know existed up until a few weeks ago. And the New York Times and its, you know, its global reach and its massive resources and all of this is going to prove to you that George Santos at 19 years old stole a pair of shoes. (laughs) It's just like, it's incomprehensible with all the other stuff going on. This is what they're spending their time on. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. It's fascinating and entertaining if it wasn't so serious. <laughs> it really would be funny. Yeah. It, it really would. Because if I, honestly, if we came in here today, if I told you right now, the George Santos story we just told you was a lie. We're just kidding. There isn't a congressman named George Santos. No one would know the difference. <laughs> no one would know. <laughs> Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More in one minute. It's Pat and Stupor Glenn today. Uh, there is one other aspect of this is mm. kind of interesting with the New York Times. I'm very disturbed by this, Pat. Why would the New York Times target the first openly gay Republican wow. to win as a non-incumbent? <laughs> Why? What a good question. Why, Pat? And there's only one answer: homophobia. homophobia. That's it. It's exactly what it is. There's the only the only mm-hmm. reason they would do this. Bigots. They're bigots. They mm-hmm. don't want yep. They don't want gay people to have jobs. Especially jobs in Congress. I've never seen a more blatant example of it mm-hmm. than this with All, the New York Times smearing this uh, openly gay congressman. We all know that uh, gay people are not uh, properly represented within the republican party it should be 85 percent gay people that's <laughs> right. the only uh, 
Yeah. In fact, only gay people should be allowed in and the Republican party. And the other 15% party. should be made up of trans. Trans. <laughs> Exactly. Right. exactly. Thank yeah. you for. Yeah. I thought that was. I didn't need. I think that needed to be said. That needed to be said. But I appreciate you just clarifying for anyone who might not know. Yeah, I felt it needed to. <laughs> no, it's good. Eighty-five mm-hmm. percent gay, fifteen percent trans. The makeup of our public. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it is interesting because they are the ones always saying there's no gay people that are Republicans. They found the one guy <laughs> who won as a non-incumbent <laughs> to target for this incredible investigation. To take this guy down, looking back to him as a teenager, to find out which shoes he stole, right? Like, we had a guy running our nuclear waste facility who was stealing luggage, apparently, at every airport in America. And they don't even mention they it. They don't care. They don't care They don't all. care. They don't mention it. It's not, it's not notable at all. It was just notable that... That he cracked the glass ceiling of having of wearing high heels to work or something, <laughs> and we were supposed to care about that. Yeah, but here they target the one guy in the entire Republican Party who won as a non-incumbent, and they ta- they far- find that person as the target of this investigation. It is incredible. I will say, if this came from a, a, a right-wing institution and it was going after someone on the left who was the only X, Y, or Z in Congress oh, to win as a non-incumbent, I guarantee you that would be said that was the reason. The New York Times would write column after column after column that told mm, yeah. you that the reason why the Republicans were going after this person is because they were gay or trans or whatever the other 5,000 other genders or whatever group we're supposed to be talking about today. That's but, how it works. But as with blacks who aren't really black, if they're conservative, or if they vote, if they don't vote for Joe Biden, right? They they ain't black. Uh, I guess the same applies now to gay people. Uh, really aren't gay if if they're Republicans. So because I think it's interesting. I think you could make a case. The reason <laughs> George Santos is being targeted here is because they can't have they can't have this be the case. They can't have gay republicans winning maybe persuading gay voters to come to the Mm -hmm. republican side maybe showing uh you know that not all republicans are evil white people uh evil white males evil white straight males the worst combination of all attributes imaginable (laughs) they can't have that so maybe that is part of the reason he's being targeted i mean i I don't think it's out of the (laughs) the question to say that it is but still it's completely ridiculous that this has been the focus of the entire time you were on Christmas vacation, the entire time you were going to New Year's parties, the entire time you're watching bowl games, all of that time, the New York Times was talking about George Santos. Mm -hmm. Not George Soros. I mean, it's George Santos. It's an intense amount of coverage this guy is getting. It's, It's really outrageous. So your guess in the end, will he be, I mean, he'll be seated, but will he be forced out? That's interesting. I, the, the typical way Republicans do things is this guy folds and leaves. Yeah. Right. Like yes. that is the that way is the Republican typical. Party has typically operated. They give yep. in, you know, they and look, I, I don't have any affinity for I, I, again. I don't even well, know. Who know he was. I have no affinity for George Santos. If he did something really terrible, should he step down? I mean, you know, I look, I don't I don't even know who he is. I don't know if he's done these things. I don't know. He's admitted to some of the embellishments of his resume. Um, but like. You can't give in to these people. You yeah. can't give in to these people because it's never 
even when you have a real apology, we've all done things we want to apologize for. We've all done things wrong in our lives that we think, ah, crap, I should have done that better. I should have handled that differently. But, like, we are at a point in our society and our culture where that apology is not taken honestly. Mm -hmm. It's not taken as intended. It's just used as a, uh, as a weapon against you. But you compare this to Eric Swalwell sleeping with yeah. a Chinese spy for two years mm -hmm. and is still in, not just still in Congress, still on the Intelligence commu Committee. Yeah, they never give in. Uh, and you compare it to a guy who embellished his resume? Uh, okay. Wow. I mean, e aside from everything, is that even an offense worthy of stepping down from? I mean, I know yeah. he lied a little bit. He embellished his resume. Probably but, not. It's, it seems to me to be one of those things where, look, if apologize. the New York voters next time think it was a big deal, they'll throw him out. Right. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I know. Right. But that's <laughs> That seems to me to be the level of this. Especially from mm -hmm. a guy that I've literally never heard of. <laughs> it's hard to get worked up about it, isn't it? It is. Very. 888-727-BET. The Glenn Beck Program. Doing our best to protect free speech and truth from constant attack. More Glenn Beck after the break. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn, 888-727-BECK. Unbelievable how fast vacation went. Yeah. It just seems like it just started. Now here we are, right back. Right back again. Although I'm very excited to be back. Very excited, very. of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. But yes, it goes very quickly. There's a lot going on during that two-week period. You've yeah. got the Christmas oh. stuff, which... Parties has, and parent of two smaller kids you've got a lot of stuff going on there's a lot mm -hmm. of festivals a lot of light seeing a lot of everything and yeah. then you have christmas and you have the aftermath and the new you're flowing to new year's and you know you got to gain your five to ten pounds sure which uh, that was not a problem i, for I me. successfully did it was it. probably yeah. the easiest thing uh i accomplished during the holidays my new year's resolution was to put on that five to ten pounds and i i did it Good. I did it immediately. Congratulations. Yeah. You've already fulfilled <laughs> and achieved your New Year's resolution. So now I can awesome. lay back a little bit. I don't have to yeah. be so intense, you know, on my goal-oriented <laughs> yeah, life. You get that done in the first day of the calendar <laughs> year. That's pretty impressive. Really nice, yeah. So. Also, football's just about over, which kills me. Oh, I know. It's stressful. It's stressful. Uh, very stressful. Very, very stressful. As uh, we, are, we are fans of the Eagles and, and Packers, so we have two teams one ascending and the packers the mm -hmm. eagles have now lost two in a row with all sorts of injuries hitting the team so it, now it's, it's just constant stress and those college football games uh on new year's eve were incredible man both of them incredible games. tcu in the finals which is that's pretty fun. exciting to me so that's really fun yeah a, yeah. a cool uh you know it, and that's part of the reason why vacation goes so quickly there's so much football to watch <laughs> Yes, so much football to watch. And it's why I maybe didn't follow the George Santos story as closely as I should have because I was watching, you know, football, which yeah, is much well, better. Yeah, well, it was interesting when I turned the – I mean, there's so many bowl games. It doesn't matter when you turn on. I, I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't sleep. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. 
turned on the uh, TV and the George Santos Bowl was was on. <laughs> Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah. I, I missed. That was the one George, bowl I missed. George Santos Bowl. I I don't like to miss, and so I was fortunate that I got up and. Actually, we have an update. He fabricated that bowl. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that did, did he not. Really, yeah, he, he didn't. He really actually have his own hired bowl. those players to come out and act like two Bastard. colleges were playing in the George Santos Bowl. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you also hear uh, about there? There was a terrorist attack against three police officers in Times Square mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve. I think right at midnight. This 19-year-old from Maine, who just—they say he just recently became radicalized to uh, jihadism. And happened online, like you hear so often. And at midnight, he just, he took out a machete and started attacking police officers with it. Fortunately, none of the police officers were killed, and it looks like they're all going to be okay. Uh, And he was just shot in the shoulder, so he's also uh, alive. But what a weird thing, because once again, he was on the FBI's terror watch list. And I... I think I've just now realized that the FBI terror watch list means that they just sit back and watch you commit crimes. Right. Well, <laughs> it's not the terror stop list. No, it's not. If it it's was a, a terror watch list. stop list, they would try yeah. to stop the terrorists. I but realized this is just a... I wasn't taking it literal enough. It's more of a viewing party, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they get That's together. That's what they should call it. Yeah. The terror viewing party list. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they don't, they don't ever do, but I, I don't know what you, what you do before they commit a crime anyway. Maybe you intervene in some way to try to at least let him know that we're on to you. We know you're a radical. Uh, you can monitor. Yeah. You can, I mean, yeah. look, they are free to sit out in front of the guy's house if they believe he's going to do something and, and, uh, right? I mean, they do that to people often when they believe they're suspects in some crime, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd think anyone on the terror watch list would at least get that treatment. Some sort of, you know... You would think. We should know where this guy is all the time. Some kind of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, some precautions to make sure that you know, things like just happen don't happen. I mean, in, in a free society, it's really hard to do. And when you need, you know, probable cause, it's, it's really tough. Yeah. To prevent crime like that. We, we talk about this often with things like mass shootings, right? You know, so you get a, you get some weirdo teener, teenager who has no friends and decides they're going to go shoot a bunch of people, and, you know, in a grocery store. And people go back and, like, look at their social media postings and they're really weird and they seem mm-hmm. they seem like the type of person who would do this. And maybe they've even made some outlandish, you know, mildly violent comments or threatened other classmates and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, why didn't they stop it? Well, we don't live in China. That's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. If we lived in China, anyone who was suspected of a crime, they just arrest and disappear and you never hear from them again. And that does help your crime rate. <laughs> I mean, it really does. Yes. Unless you count, you know, the government disappearing people as crimes. But if you don't do that and you say it's okay for the government to do that, you can control a lot of your crime problem. You, anytime, mm-hmm. you know, anytime anyone does anything or su- you're suspected of doing something, if you speak out against the government, if you have a different religion, if you throw all those people in, in prison camps, I mean, look, your crime rate does does fall. It's just like we don't live in a country where that's allowed yet. Yeah. And, and what kind of society do you want to have? I mean, we want the freedom that we enjoy. So, yes, it's really difficult. And maybe even impossible to stop everything before it happens but you would think there'd be a better track record yeah 
than just about everybody that we've heard about lately. Whether it's a shooting or this machete attack, they're all on the FBI terror watch list. It's amazing. Uh, it is. It is especially considering the FBI has not had the greatest few years ooh, that's for, for sure. the reputation, right? Like you know, the, these are the things that it, it, at some level. The trade-off for Republicans and conservatives largely over the past 30 or 40 years has been, look, we know at times the FBI bends the rules. We're not comfortable mm-hmm. with that. But, like, we also don't want to explode, right? So, right. hey, you know, maybe we're willing to put up with some uh, excesses mm-hmm. if they're going to, generally speaking help stop you know mass violence right like i you know yeah. terrorism things like that and and that's always been a an uncomfortable sort of dance especially for conservatives who are skeptical of government generally right like you, you know you know government centralized government power not something we're def- we're for so it's always been a, a, a i think a piece of of the of the overall position package for conservatives that has made People uncomfortable. I mean, you know, it's been sort of a one of the libertarian critiques of conservatism over the years. Hey, you guys say you're so skeptical of government. Why are you so pro-police and pro-FBI and pro-military and all these things? Which, you know, has always had some, some credibility, but also has been taken to excess by the other side as well. Here we have a situation, mm-hmm. though, where it's really seemingly spun out of control. So much of this now, the, the reputation has been soiled to an extent that I don't know that you are ever getting conservatives back. I don't know if the FBI is ever going to have supporters on the Republican side like they once did. I mean, I, I feel like that bond has been broken if it existed before. For sure. Yeah. It's going to be tough to, you know, to heal that wound because uh, they've been so bad for the last several years, and maybe much longer than that. We just didn't know it. I don't know. But the the FBI doesn't have very many friends on the right right now because, you know, there's just too many things that we've seen lately that show us they're, they're not trustworthy, that uh, they're, they're not performing on the best in the best interest of the American people. Uh, they found a diary... Uh, on on this guy on this guy's person uh he was obviously a cop hater and he wrote extensively about that uh he had a handwritten manifesto and what terrorists worth their salt don't have doesn't have a, a manifesto on their on their uh you know in or on them at all times and don't don't type it no, you no, gotta it's got to go be handwritten. handwritten. Uh, keep gotta it be handwritten so that people can understand it. But, you know, you got to handwrite your manifesto. So he had that in his backpack and he urged his family in this diary to please repent to Allah and accept Islam. So uh, does that work? Is that a successful tactic? You know, you go and you, you stab a bunch of people, uh-huh. but then say, hey, you guys should should listen you to should me on, on religious purpose, uh, religious <laughs> yeah. teachings. Uh, it doesn't really work for me, but maybe on his family. I don't know. Maybe mm. they'll be swayed by that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I'm going to repent and, and turn to Allah now because he did attack three police officers with the machete. <laughs> he shows, must feel strongly it about shows. it. Oh, he really does mean it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I guess that's what you're supposed to take from that. And, you know, I don't know. There's something about the mass violent attack that makes me less likely 
to consider really? whatever you're pitching. Well, you're pretty picky. You know, if you're coming, huh. if, like, for example, right. if you're a, a vacuum salesman going door to door and you've got a great deal on a new vacuum, it's going to pick up almost everything that gets spilled, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe even cleans the carpet in a very deep fashion that you, normally you'd get only mm. from I'd a like professional that. cleaning. You're selling me so far on this right. vacuum cleaner. Um, also, I murdered 45 people. Would mm. you still want to buy that vacuum? I feel like I'd be less likely. Does it come? How many attachments does it come with? It could, that? 46. Okay, then yeah. I'm still, I tried I'm to still murder. Gonna buy, I'm still going to buy the vacuum cleaner. Here's the thing. I murdered <laughs> one person for each attachment oh, to wow. draw attention oh, to wow. my vacuum. The really? only problem is I've only done 45. I got to get to 46, <laughs> and you're right here. So terrible news after you buy uh, this that vacuum. That is bad news. This vacuum will be used to clean the blood out of the carpet of the murder I'm about to commit. 727 back. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Pat and Stu, uh, welcome. Happy New Year. Looks like there's going to be a little bit of a battle for the uh, for House Speaker. And it involves uh, Kevin McCarthy, of course, who is the front runner, I would say at this point, and Andy Biggs. And uh, I don't know that much about Andy Biggs, but you and Glenn had him on the show? Yeah, we had him on when he announced uh, <clears throat> for him going to kind of give his case on it. I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Andy uh, here, mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. McCarthy has a difficult path as well. There's really no one who would have anything but a difficult path to win this. <laughs> I mean, it's very difficult because... Interesting. With a five-seat majority... You got to get to 218. You got to get to 218. To get to 218, you need pretty much everybody. Now, yeah. every... You know, if you know, Think about if the squad actually had principles, right? You're at 218. This is what happened with Pelosi last time. She had, what, 223? Maybe it was seven or eight seat. I can't remember what the number was back right after the 2020 election, but a very small minority. And mm-hmm. people like the squad could have easily uh, thrown her out and made it so she didn't win. Um, they didn't do that because they never do it, right? They, the, the left has progressives and people who are supposedly principled, but when it comes down to it, they always vote for the thing. Yeah. Right? Like, it, yes. they, they always come along for a, a watered-down version and of Obamacare. And that usually includes right? Joe Manchin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They always, it, Manchin's yeah. on the other side, He just right? caves. Yep. They yeah. always cave. I mean, you know, they got both of their 50-seat or 50 vote bills through last year mm-hmm. through reconciliation. They spent their multiple trillions and trillions of dollars despite only having 50 senators. That's because at the end of the day, they always come around, right? They always, yep. they'll, they'll, they'll put up a stink here and there. They'll try to woo their voters in West Virginia or New York by saying they're holding the line. But in the end, they always vote for the thing. That's how this works. <laughs> the Republicans aren't exactly like that. Republicans, uh, you know, you, you get like Freedom Caucus guys, they'll just at times just say no and stop mm-hmm. whatever thing the, the establishment wants. Sometimes that's a really good thing. Sometimes it can it can create sometimes unnecessary hassles, I guess the establishment would argue, where, mm-hmm. where like these things are going to go forward eventually anyway, and you're just making us all look bad. Uh, you know, I, again, I don't have too much sympathy for that side of it, but I do get it. I understand what they're saying. Here, still McCarthy is the most likely guy, it's but just, it's not going to be. It's not going to be easy. They can blow it up. Why can't we get a solid conservative ever in in the Speaker of the House seat? How, why can't Republicans do that? It's amazing, isn't it? They just they 
Yeah. They won't seem to get behind real conservatism. If somebody's an no. establishment Republican, you know, like a Kevin McCarthy, nah, yeah, we can get behind that. But you can't get behind a true conservative for some reason. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, I, the, the thing here, though, is a true conservative. It, it's not like when you have, you, let's say you have 250 seats. You should be able to come up with a representative of the core movement in the party, right? The core mm-hmm. movement of the party is conservatism, theoretically. Uh, you, you should get somebody who's really conservative to head it up. You know, Nancy Pelosi, while she's not arguably as liberal as, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's a good representative of the movement behind the party. She's a yeah. a, a really big progressive that wants to spend trillions of dollars. And you you know the, the, the policy prescription there. Like, And she pulls it off and she does it. And she was there and she did a job that was, I don't know, in the center to the center left of the Democratic Party even mm-hmm. with... Republicans, like, you do have moderate members. You know, George Santos, uh, I don't know if he's a moderate or a conservative. I do know he was the first openly gay Republican ever elected as a a non-incumbent. Right, and that's important to know. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know, let's just say George Santos, maybe not the most conservative member. Well, when you have a five-seat majority, you got to get those people, too. Yeah. So you put a, cons- yeah. a real conservative in there, you're probably not going to get them the same way you're not going to get the Freedom Caucus for Andy McCarthy. Uh, or not Andy McCarthy. Uh, what the heck Andy is his name? Andy Biggs. Andy Biggs, yeah. Biggs. yeah. Biggs or Kevin McCarthy. So you have this... It's difficult both ways. I don't know who sure to get is. through. The only way... They're going to try with McCarthy to, to go right down the middle and get both, and that's that's not easy to do either. This is... The Glenn Beck program. Uh, we've got uh, we've got we've got some great <coughs> stuff coming up here, mm-hmm. uh, and I. Uh, it's funny because you go through. I, I, this happens to me every time I have a long vacation like this. We've been seconds. off the last couple of weeks. I come back and I'm like, gosh, I didn't follow anything in the news. I didn't even read news stories. I got nothing. I don't. What are we going to talk about? And then as mm-hmm. soon as we get in here, we start talking about something as important as George Santos. I'm immediately <laughs> back in the mode where. You know, what would we do without these shows? I don't know. What, what do normal people do? Uh, if you can't rant and rave about this stuff, I don't right. know. What do you do with your life? I, I, I mean, that is you really do probably true. important things with your life instead of this, but <laughs> I will say it does. it is cathartic. Yes. I, I don't know what I would do without it. Me neither. I, it's true. You've got to be able to comment on the madness. And there's plenty of it to comment on. We'll do that. Uh, come on up here in just a few seconds on the radio show. Zelensky thanked America for 
you know, giving everything we've got to the cause in Ukraine against Russia. And then made more demands. So uh, we'll get into some of that and much more coming up in about 60 seconds. Pat and Stu for Glenn. Glenn is actually uh, preparing to be at the uh, big swearing in, the second swearing in for Ron DeSantis. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. So that'll be kind of cool. Be able to see him sworn in for a second term. Hard to believe he's only been around for one term so far. He's come a long way in four years. Yeah. A really long way. He won his first election by 0.4%, I believe it was. Wow. And his second by 19? 19, I think it was. Yeah. 19%, which is pretty pretty amazing. Very People impressive. forget that he was a congressman before this, mm. and uh, a, a pretty good one. He was a you know, conservative then, too. I mm-hmm. guess that shouldn't be a shock. But now he is... By some polling, the leader for the Republican nomination in 2024. There's a, I mean, polling, I will say, is all over the board between him and Trump. Really, you could find whatever you want to find in yeah. that polling at this point. I don't know that it tells you all that much, but he's certainly a serious competitor for that nomination. Yeah, no question. Um, meanwhile, Volodymyr Zelensky, the leader of Ukraine, uh, thanked Americans for all the cash and military equipment and what is it, maybe $100 billion so far? I mean, I see estimates from as low as $18 billion to as high as about $110 billion. So somewhere in between, no doubt, but they're throwing billions at them every single week, it seems. Mm-hmm. Almost every week, there's a new proposal <laughs> to send more money to Ukraine. Yeah. And so Incredible. Uh, Zelensky thanked us for that and then basically said, keep it coming. And we need a lot more. And you're not doing enough. And this is not charity; it's an investment. It's hmm. sort of weird. Huh. I mean, did you need a visit from Zelensky? I didn't. Okay, no, I want to make sure I, I wasn't I the only not. one. I did not need. Yeah, it. I didn't. And like, I'm not even saying that is because oh, he's you know some terrible guy, or like I want Vladimir Putin to win. Well, that's what you're. <laughs> that's what you're accused of. If you say the least little thing about hey, uh, can we slow down on Ukraine? Right. It's like, but even if you're a hundred percent behind every dime of spending. Shouldn't you want him to stay there and, and like manage the situation? <laughs> like, yeah, why? we don't need to see you in person. We've got Zoom. <laughs> you there know, is I, no reason for it <laughs> that I could see. Now, that was very that was odd. But, you know, look, this money's going over there and we know a lot of it's not going to to meet its intended purpose. Yeah. And there's we, no way we can track it. I mean, we're no. not we're not even trying to track it. No, there's there is literally no way to track it. I mean, think about this. The vast majority of this money is being utilized for items that are designed to explode, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like we, in its best case scenario, what we do is we send, let's say, a missile, a drone over to, uh, to the Ukrainian army. They fire it, and it takes out really bad Russian soldiers who are doing terrible things, right? Like, let's, mm-hmm. that's the best case scenario of what happens. Yeah. Um, there's no way to track that. It, it right. exploded. Yeah. Right. Like we, yes. there's no, it's not like we can say, well, where is it? It's, it's <laughs> over there. It's, it's that where that hole is over there. It's the remnants are there. And so there's no way to track this. Of course, every, every corrupt person in Ukraine knows this. And this is the problem. We all know. In fact, even if you support this entirely, 
you have to go into it and say, we know half this money is going to be wasted. Or worse, you know, the arms may be delivered, right? And some corrupt person may take them and sell them to someone else who does something terrible with them. We have no idea what's going to happen here. We, you know, I think there's been it's some effect from this, obviously, as they pushed back on the uh, Russian army. It's had a huge effect. It's been a big on this thing. It hasn't been unsuccessful for the goal of pushing Russia back, which is, yeah. you know, certainly positive. I am no fan of Russia and and do believe that Russia was the aggressor here. And, uh, you know, look, Vladimir Putin is an appropriate bad guy. That doesn't mean Zelensky is God. <laughs> no, but that's how he's treated. That's how he's treated, though. By a lot of people in this country. And, you know, they've taken to flying the Ukrainian flag. They've they they've taken to uh, vocally supporting Zelensky and what a tremendous man he is. And he's treated like at least a saint. Yeah. And he's not. No, he's uh, not. It was well known before this conflict began that the Ukrainian government is one of the most corrupt in the world. Yep. So did they just stop all of a sudden being corrupt? I don't think so. And thus, I'm a little leery about all the money we're sending. Well, it's funny. One of the reasons we kind of have one of the look, people don't people know enough uh, before this war. People knew as much about Ukraine as they know about George Santos, which is nothing. Okay, (laughs) they don't know anything about it. They didn't know anything about Ukraine. The only thing that most people knew about Ukraine was that the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, was taking phone calls from our president, in which the media was telling us mm. it was an con- entirely corrupt transaction where Donald Trump was harassing uh, Zelensky, who seemingly was going along with it, into investigating his political enemies. Right. That's the only thing we knew about the guy, other than he was a comedian, supposedly. <laughs> and, and now we're supposed to be like, oh, this guy's an incredible war hero. Look, I think it was really brave to stay there when, you know, the missiles start falling, right? And, and they start marching towards mm-hmm. the capital. Mm-hmm. He could have left. Uh, I think a lot of leaders would have left in that situation. And probably him staying there was a big factor to the way that the Ukrainian people uh, responded. That's just not to say that he's some incredible saint. He's not God. No. He, he's not someone no, you not. should be on your knees worshiping. Yet most of our media seems to be there. They seem to be willing to to change to the church of Zelensky and give him an unlimited amount of our money. And that is where you get to, like, it's not as if we're in a great financial position here. It's not as if we're, everything's going perfectly in our economy. Plenty of money to burn. Right. And that's... Again, legitimately what we're hoping for. Our best case scenario is this money buys things that burn, buys weapons that hit something and explode. That's our best case scenario. So it's really hard to track and really difficult to believe that anything other than mass corruption is going to be involved with so much of this money. Of course it is. My oldest son was, I mean, this is a a minor issue, but... You know, speaking of his visit, my son said, uh, shouldn't we expect him to at least, I don't know, put on a collared shirt when he comes and addresses Congress? (laughs) Don't we expect, I don't know, something more than a T-shirt or a sweatshirt when you come here and say, hat in hand, hey, I need another $100 billion. And this is your son, uh, Vladimir? Because I was going to say, is is he pro... (laughs) 
<laughs> right, pro Russia. He's, Pro-Russian. He's got to be pro Russian. Through, loves if, it. If he really loves wanted the collared shirt for Zelensky, that <laughs> proves he's pro Russian. <laughs> Maybe even a tie. I don't know. <gasps> wow. How, how about d- that? How like you. a collared shirt buttoned all the way up and a tie. He's got a shtick, though. He he's does. got a Yeah, he does. Like, now that's how he dresses all the time. It's like if, if you it's know, like a if, John Fetterman shtick, though. It is. Yeah, right. John Fetterman can wear hoodies wherever he wants. Yep. You know, Kim Jong-un can wear members-only jackets wherever he wants. (laughs) And Zelensky gets to wear the military garb wherever he goes. Yes. Even though, again, he was a comedian. A comedian. He's not not a former general. A comedian. One of his famous bits is playing the piano with his man unit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really classy. hilarious. Oh, just so funny. Mm -hmm. I laughed until I cried. Uh, just brilliant stuff. You imagine the president of your nation and you've got clips, you know, viral clips like that. Sad. And, uh, but it's going to get worse before it gets any better because we're just going to continue to pump money and nobody's nobody's even hitting the brakes on it at all. We don't even have a, a caution light up. Nothing. We're just full speed ahead, green light, as much money as you want. We're going to keep pumping it in. Incredible. Do you think the... Because I, I think we're not going to change anything. We're, we're going to keep doing what we're doing for, mm-hmm. a, for a very long time, at least until, mm-hmm. the ne- until 2024. Like, I don't think there's yes. any yes. question that... Until, well, actually, until 2025. No, and he's, and, until, I mean, Biden has said it. Yeah. We're just going to keep giving it until... Well, until as long as this lasts. As long as this lasts. And it's, even if it ends tomorrow, we're still going to be pumping in billions of dollars, at least until Biden is out of office, at the very minimum. Do you think, though, the, that Europe continues with this? Because, you know, we're at that point, as we're heading into winter right now, <laughs> Yeah, things are going to get very difficult for... Really tough. ...for Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and like, I don't... They don't exactly have the steel spine uh, on these matters all the time. Though they do feel more intensely threatened i think by russia and their actions i mean look you know if you're sitting there in europe and you're seeing them go into ukraine it's pretty reasonable to think crap will they come here next yeah Uh, if you're poland you're really concerned you're nervous right now so i can understand that but i don't know how long does france hold out as a supporter of this not as long as we do i bet right no way and of course that just means we're going to pay for more of it we'll pay for the rebuilding too yeah, we'll do oh, all yeah. of this, right? That's because right. that's what's going to happen too. We're going to rebuild all the buildings. Yeah, that you know were blown up by us or or them or us retaliating at them. Yeah, <laughs> at Russia, uh, it's, it's such a mess. Yeah, it, this is why is. you do try to avoid these things if at all possible. <laughs> if possible, try not to get in giant wars between countries with tens of millions of people. It's a really good safety tip, actually. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More in one minute. I'm just going to bring a billion, a trillion, seven hundred million dollars, billion dollars off the sidelines investment. Right. In the investment into Ukraine, a, a million, billion, trillion, seven hundred million, billion, trillion dollars. It's about how much we have invested, invested so far in Ukraine. I, I don't think anybody even knows the exact figure. I, I mean, no, of course, not. they're all over the place with the estimates uh, and they're asking for the biggest uh, donation yet. I'm sorry, investment yet, which is what, $45 billion, I believe? They just uh, promised to put in a bill uh, to send over to Zelensky in the Ukrainian effort. 
really something. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, they, they are in a standoff in the East, they say. And this has taken a toll on both countries. Both countries have supposedly lost over 100,000 mm. soldiers and civilians in, in the case of Ukraine. Uh, 100,000. And 100,000 Russian troops during the, um, during the conflict with Afghanistan, I think Russia lost, was it 15,000 mm. troops? So they've lost more in, what, 10 months than they did in 10 years in Afghanistan by a lot. I mean, a factor of five, at least. So this war is not helping anybody. And uh, it would be nice to see it come to a conclusion, wouldn't it? It'd be, it would really be great. And Europe, like you just mentioned, uh, Stu, moments ago, is really nervous because, you know, it's cold in Europe and they could be cut off at any time by Russia. Uh, fortunately, we weren't cut off by anybody around Christmas time because, man, did it get cold here. Were you, you were in town, right? When, yeah. When the cold snap hit? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Now, again, keeping things in perspective, obviously, our, our friends up north not uh, not feeling bad for us. It was but actually, it was but cold. it was uh, the, the wind chill factor on, I don't know, I think it was the Thursday before Christmas, was four below zero. Four below. That's pretty cold for anywhere. That's not just Texas cold. That's pretty cold. cold. Now, today it's going to be, you know. 80 80 i was gonna say it's about 70 coming in uh yeah so it's true it's very very our 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 stresses on weather are not the stresses i mean you got good god what happened in buffalo uh and the surrounding areas there is one of the most was it the snow bomb or whatever the cyclone snow bomb i mean dozens of people died yeah that's really sad really sad i mean that's incredible Mm mm-hmm uh, and so we've seen some real, but I mean, think about that type of activity, in, you know, in Europe where if they decide to cut off uh, heating, people I mean, will they, die. They, oh my gosh. I mean, By just the thousands. instant tragedy of thousands. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, that it really is incredible to watch all that play out because it's easy to talk about these international issues as you know as analysts right like mm-hmm. a lot of the hawks out there that 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 were pushing for um, a lot of the, uh, the the policies that led up to this both on the russian side and uh, the the western side talk you, you talk about holding that line and it's understandable you want to hold a line mm-hmm. but uh when this stuff goes down you realize that maybe this isn't good for anybody <laughs> you know it's like it seems obvious in retrospect but before this it wasn't you know i mean Zelensky was on television saying they weren't going to invade oh you're right you know for right a, a guy who's the hero of and that the was world, just shortly before they invaded right a few days before they invaded he was still saying they're not going to do it wow well they did it they did it yeah and here we are and here we are. So I, I, I don't know if it's, you know, you, you still have, it's interesting how the sides have flipped a little bit on this and that like the hawkish party was supposed to be the Republicans, you know, and Republicans were the ones who were always trying to stop Russia. Republicans were the ones who wanted the Soviet Union, uh, you know, back in the day to go away. Democrats were visiting it. You know, they were taking honeymoons in the Soviet Union. They were going to communist countries for you know, vacations. Mm hmm. 
And now, I guess because we were supposed to believe that Donald Trump was working for the Russians or something, now we're supposed to be on the Russian side and and the left is supposed to be the hawkish ones pushing back. It's like, what is going on? I am not on the Russian side. Right. Not by a long uh, stretch. By any means. Uh You know, uh, I don't want them to win as they we are accused of all the time. But I also do think we have a responsibility. Number one to act in the best interests of America. And it is appropriate and necessary to make sure we are constantly thinking about whether sending billions of dollars to Ukraine is in the best interest of America. If it is, you can make an argument for it. Mm -hmm. If you haven't thought about it as part of your calculation, then you should not be making these decisions. Yeah, and the other thing is, this is how Vietnam started, you know? Uh, we, with pledges that we would never send troops, but we would just lend support. Oh, and advisors, which, you know, is exactly what we're doing right now. We're advising and we're sending tons and tons of money and equipment. So can we guarantee that that we're not going to send military troops over there? Mm, I don't think you can guarantee that. They keep saying that there's no plan to, but they said that about Vietnam as well. And that's that's my ultimate concern here is that we don't get involved directly in a conflict with Russia. Uh, because, first of all, it's not our fight. It, it isn't our fight. Um, I will say one thing that's interesting about this is that from my perspective, what I want is I want it over because it's creating yeah. so many problems, yes. not just there. And I care like I care that there are. Innocent people in Ukraine dying. I care that there are innocent people in Russia who will probably die as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of this is a problem, and I don't want it to happen. I want it over for that reason and tons of other reasons that are affecting all of us here and in Europe and all around the world. There's a million problems that stem from this. But, like, if you're Ukraine... Would you be, would you be, look, I want to get to negotiate, but you guys, sure, you guys can have Crimea and sure you can have these regions. Eh, don't, no big deal. We want it over too. I got, I don't know. I mean, I, if they just came in and were like, ah, we, we just wanted New Mexico, you know? Let them, yeah, okay, we're like, take okay, it. just take All it. Right. Yeah, we want this over. So go ahead. You can have New Mexico. I don't think that would be our stance. No, it would and not. And I'm sure it's not theirs. The, the people of Ukraine yeah. have got to be saying, we're not going to negotiate this right now. Forget it. The Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Pat and Stu for Glenn. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Normally January second, like the worst time of the year. You, you know, you got Christmas behind you, got New Year's behind you. The only thing that saves is that there's still just a little bit of football left. <laughs> you got that to look forward to, uh, but you can take a little bit of the edge off the misery for this time of year by going to kexi.com and just order yourself some cookies to drown your sorrow. We brought back a bunch of the quick cookies that people have been uh, talking about for a while, like the hot chocolate cookie. Mm. Really good. Mm -hmm. Black Forest, which is a cherry chocolate cookie made with real cherries. Butterbeer, based on the Harry Potter thing. That one was good. I remember that one. Vanilla and butterscotch cookie with a butterscotch cream uh, and then the M&M cookie that I hear a lot about. Uh, that's back. That so. was my initial one. That was my original. You brought Your that in. original favorite? Yeah, this is, of course, Pat's uh, wife has all these recipes. Jackie, mm-hmm. and she makes incredible cookies, the best I've ever had. And and th- that was the mm-hmm. one you'd bring it in every year. 
It's like, gosh, yeah, that oh, it is. America good. needs these. <laughs> it does. It does, especially yeah. right now. Yeah. So you can order it at uh, kexi.com. Use the promo code the Jeffy to get eighteen percent off. <laughs> All right, triple eight nine hundred or seven two seven B E C K triple eight seven two seven B E C K. A little bit of common sense coming from the World Boxing Council, which is not necessarily a place I would figure you would find a lot of common sense. But hmm. the head of the WBC has announced a new policy that uh, they're creating a transgender category um so if you're transgender you fight other people who are also transgender Mm. and right now they're doing a uh sort of a research project on it to find out how many there are uh who would be in in interested in uh, in a boxing league the number i would uh, limited is the number that i would would, would estimate somewhat limited limited yeah estimated as limited but what he's concerned about and uh, so am i and we've talked about this is he said biological men will never fight women in in our league, and I think that's brilliant because you could get some seriously injured women who are fighting against guys who identify as women, right? I mean, and it has. It's just happened. not fair. It has happened. Uh, in it's the, not pretty. I think it was a UFC or some M- MMA fa- fight. Uh, a biological man fought a woman because he identified as a woman and broke her face, essentially. Just busted out her, uh, you know, that bone that's right below your eye, mm. orbital mm-hmm. bone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you just, I mean, you hate that kind of stuff. I mean, somebody could get seriously, there's already injuries in boxing, but you mm-hmm. increase the risk exponentially. Uh, even death. I think yeah, or death. absolutely on the table in this sort of situation. If a man yes. is saying he's a woman, is fighting another woman, you could literally have death as a consequence <laughs> mm-hmm. to that. It's interesting because I, and I, I, maybe I'm a wuss, I cannot watch even female versus female boxing. Like, I have literally no interest in it. Do what not want sexist. to watch it for a second. Oh, my God. 100%. It's yeah. really what it is, is yeah. legitimate sexism that I admit to fully. I have no interest in and watching. we should all have that kind of sexism, yeah. I think. I, I think so, Let's too. Let's protect women. Let's protect them. I do not want to see a woman hit. I don't want to see yeah, it. I, I don't, don't care either. if it's I another woman. Mm-hmm. I do not want to see a woman get hit. And I, I don't know. And like, if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Right. Like, I, 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 I'm 100% there. You know, I, I wasn't, uh, who was the, um, uh, she was in uh, Gina, uh, what's her name? She was a, f- a former MMA fighter. She was in the Star Wars series. She mm. got canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of her name for some reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was in this and, I, and people knew her, I guess, from fighting. And <clears throat> and like, you know, look, this has been a tradition. There's been, there was women's wrestling, you know, the women's boxing thing became a big thing over the past few years. But, like, I have no interest in it. I mean, none. Because I, yeah, you just, I don't either. Like, fundamentally, you just don't want to see violence against a woman. I mean, it's just, right. you know, yeah, watch dudes beat up each, on each other. I watch that all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, watch the NFL. These guys are getting cracked like crazy. I mean, it's, but even that's hard to watch when you see a really brutal hit in the NFL. And yeah, somebody gets wins, hurt. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no interest in that. I will say, is it concerning at all that they're saying they want to do 
did they use a like a singular transgender division because i'm we'd be worried about a transgender woman and a transgender man doing battle i think uh, they match arena. up they match up the biological okay, so that sex. was two extra i mean this yeah. is going to get ridiculous you're going to have 914 bathrooms and you're going to have all these different divisions it, I, know. I don't know how you're supposed to handle it but but at uh, least he's trying to make some concessions here and and trying to take some uh some precautionary steps yeah. to, to prevent, you know, women getting really badly hurt or killed yeah. in the ring. And I, I think it's great. And where are the women's rights groups applauding this? Where are the women's groups saying, hey, thank you. Thank you for yeah. protecting women. That's great. We appreciate that. Instead, what he's going to face, I'm sure, is a bunch of transphobia claims. <laughs> You're a bigot. Right. All of that kind of stuff. You can't write parody like this. You I mean, can't. It's just, we're all going to sit here for women's rights and argue that women should be punched by men? That's really, like, like this is really where we're going to get. That's a pretty bad argument. That is really. When you think about it. It is. Wait, you want women to be hit in the face by a big burly man. He's not a man. She, that's a she. Okay. All right. All right. All right, dear. Okay, well. All right. But I, I will say at least this seems to be because the, the solutions are going to be messy to these problems. But at least this is clearing the lowest hurdle possible, which is we should not let men beat the crap out of women on stage. <laughs> that like, is I, I feel like low hurdle to clear. Yeah. It's like an inch off the ground. Not even that. That's like the lowest hurdle I can think of. And I do think it's one we should make sure that we clear, regardless of how ridiculous this becomes. Me too. But it is, it's just a, it's, it's like we have to sit here and like say these things. How can it be possible that we have to sit here and make a know. coherent argument really don't know. about how men should not be being paid to punch women in the face for our entertainment? Incredible. How is it possible that we have to make that argument? And be we're on the hateful side of it somehow. Right. Somehow we're right. the ones. We're the haters. That, that we're are the, the haters. We're the bad guys mm -hmm. for saying, you know, maybe Bill shouldn't beat up on Julia, you know, in front of a, a cheering audience. Yeah. Even if Bill changed his name to Jill. Right. It still, that doesn't take away the bone structure in his body. No. And the muscle structure. Uh, WBC president Mauricio Suleiman said, we're creating a set of rules and structures so that transgender boxing can take place as they fully deserve to if they want to box. We do not know yet the numbers that are out there, but we're opening a universal registration in 2023 so that we can understand the boxers that are out there and we'll start from there. Makes perfect sense. He said uh, in boxing, a man fighting a woman must never be accepted, regardless of gender change. There should be no gray area around this, and we want to go into it with transparency and correct decisions. Woman to man or man to woman transgender change will never be allowed to fight a different gender by birth. That's great. I mean, that, that takes some giblets to be able to make that, that statement now. Uh, yeah, agreed. It does, and which it shouldn't, it but it shouldn't. does. Right. I will say the word never is, is always an interesting one to use. I, I don't know that I have the same level of confidence in, in oh, anybody I certainly these don't. Days. I don't either. Oh, I, 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 because he's going to get all kinds of flack for this. You know he is. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a line. I mean, just because I think, you know, this is interesting. I think society has this line still. 
uh, I think society holds these lines. Society where men shouldn't general, hit women. Really, they still yeah. believe this. Yes, there are mm-hmm. a few insane people that are on the news all the time that will say, of course, they should be. Able to. That's actually a woman. But like we all know that's not reality. Yeah, we all know it's not reality. And I do think people on the left also know it. Like some of them say they don't know it. Some of them act as if they think, oh, this is actually a woman. But they all know what's going on here. And the test of it is not swimming competitions. The test of it is boxing. Yeah. Right? Like, if you really believe this, you'd say they should fight each other. And you know what? A lot of people are not going to say that. You know, most people are still going to be sane and say, of course not. Obviously, this guy who is very hairy and weighs 265 pounds should not be going up against a woman uh, in a boxing ring. And I think the violence might hold that line for a while. I, I think sports generally have done a good job at holding that line because of how absurd it feels. I mean, even the swimming competition stuff, I don't think that worked for the left. I think that worked against them. You know, the the whole situation where you have a, a, a guy going into a, a women's uh, swim meet and winning by, you know, 12 laps or whatever it was, <laughs> uh, that really, I think, hit a lot of parents squarely in the face. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I can entertain this stuff. I can come up with my nice liberal viewpoints. I can be accepted at all my little, uh, you know, uh, cocktail parties and, and all of this. But at the end, like my daughter is the one who gets screwed over this. And we all realize that's wrong. And I think that that has gone a long way. Violence is a whole different line. If you start okaying violence against women, and and they will. These organizations, some of them will do it. But I don't think the people go along with it. And there was even a little, you know, you mentioned the swimmer, Leah Thomas. Yes. uh, Or, yeah, Leah Thomas. And there was a little bit of pushback there because... The competitors to Leah Thomas were upset with it. Yeah. They're like, okay, you're taking scholarships away from us. Yeah, you're taking, you're taking Olympic opportunities away from us, and we fought our whole lives for this. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a little bit of pushback there, but yeah, the violence, the in boxing, you've got to draw the line there. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven twenty seven B E C K is the number. Patents due for Glenn. The New York Times did an, an interesting poll, which I, th- I have to imagine they thought would turn out a different way. Basically, would you use the following terms? We were talking about this a minute ago about things like Leah Thomas, the swimmer, and how I don't think Americans really have supported that, even though the left has pushed for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they support this stuff. I don't think they believe it. I don't think they use it in their real lives. Well... The New York Times decided to, I guess, kind of test this in a way. What if we ask Americans, do they use these words or not? And the words are words you've heard of, like Latinx, like chest feeding, like BIPOC, right? Uh Do you use those terms or not? Or do you use breastfeeding, Hispanic? The numbers are pretty amazing. So Hispanic was the one used most often. 87% people said they would use Hispanic. 86% said they would use pregnant women. 85% said breastfeeding. Now, again, all these are supposed to be hateful terms. 84% said they would use the term master bedroom. (laughs) 
Oh, we've gotten ridiculous. 81% said they would use Asian. Mm. 77% said African American, but 75% said black. Wait, Asian? What is the alternative now? They're, you're not supposed to say A-A-P-I. Asian? What? Yeah. A-I-P-I. A-A-P-I. Asian Island yeah, a- a- Pacific Asian American Islander. Pacific Islander. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's ridiculous. I'm, who's going to say that? Right. So... <laughs> Come on. So now go down the list. Now, again, it was 80, 77% said African-American was okay. Black, 75%. Would you say person of color? That's only 49%. Think that, that that's okay? That that's okay. 49% would say that. Primary mm. bedroom. Never master bedroom Primary was 80, 84%. Bedroom. Primary bedroom, only 49%. Mm. Um, birthing parent, 34%. BIPOC. That's uh, what? Bi- uh, it's, uh, BIPOC is... Uh, I know person of color is the end. No, uh, black indigenous, indigenous person, person of, of color. color. Okay, that's mm-hmm. only 30%. Wow. Uh, AAPI is on the list as well. Mm-hmm. Now remember, Asian was 81% would say that. AAPI, 27%. Latinx is on the list. Now remember, Hispanic was number one on the entire list. 87% said they would use the term Hispanic. Is it Latinx or is it Latinx? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I like uh, Biden's pronunciation, which is Latinx. That is what he, <laughs> that's how he calls it. I love that. Uh, the Latinx people. <laughs> well, uh, if, no matter which way you pr- uh, pronounce that, only 22% said they would use the term Latinx. And how Jeez. about chest feeding? Chest feeding finished dead last. Chest so feeding. Breastfeeding was 85% yeah, said yes, we'll use breastfeeding. <laughs> chest feeding was 10%. <laughs> 85 to 10. But look at these pairs. I'd like to see you chest feed with a biological (laughs) man body. Tell me you're chest feeding. You can milk anything with a nipple. I believe I learned that from Meet the Parents. Look look at these pairs, though, Pat. Hispanic, 87%. Latinx, 22%. Pregnant women, 86%. Birthing parent, 34%. Breastfeeding, 85%. Chest feeding, 10%. Master bedroom, 84%. Primary bedroom, 49%. Over and over and over again, that story's told. And mm-hmm. and it tell I, I think it tells us the truth, which is people aren't actually buying into this. This is more yeah. a creation of the media than anything else. People are not going to use the term chest feeding. They're saying no, no to it in no reality. Way. That's positive. Yeah, it is. It should be 100%, though. It should be 100 This is... The Glenn Beck Program. By the way, uh, Pat, we were told that if Joe Biden won the election, he would cure cure cancer. cancer. Yeah. Um, And if you want to know if Joe Biden has cured cancer yet, you can go to hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. If you go to hasjoebidencuredcancer.com, you will get the answer at any moment during the day, down Mm -hmm. to the second. So far, as as of right now, now? the answer is... Hold on, let me check. The the answer is... Cancer.com. Uh, no. No. Cancer still exists no. okay. as of Monday, January 2nd, 2023, 11.04 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Wow. Uh, well, yeah, he did promise. He did promise. So I, I guess so. he's got two more years. Yeah. yeah and by the way, uh, that should shock you. He's got two more years at least of this. Maybe six. We're Who only knows? halfway through. Oh. Halfway through. How can we make it through the other half? Radio show starts in just a few seconds.
did kind of an interesting uh, interview with Anthony Fauci over the Christmas season, and we'll show you some of the things that were re- revealed from that. Also, there's another shortage to take note of. We'll get into that and more in about 60 seconds. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Pharmacists and parents across the country are contending with empty shelves as they search for children's pain relief medications uh, amid the spread of RSV, flu, and COVID. I, I am just, this is the first I'm hearing of the children's medicine shortage. Uh, the surge of respiratory viruses has overwhelmed hospitals and doctor's offices. 76% of pediatric hospital beds were full nationally as of today, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. CVS and Walgreens announced that they're limiting the number of children's pain relief medications customers can buy. I, I mean, we've had a big outbreaks of flu and RS, whatever, mm-hmm. in the past. And I don't remember this ever happening before. Why is this happening now? Yeah, I don't remember it happening either. Really weird. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like the pitch that we've had over the past couple of years, which has been the supply chain stuff. It doesn't seem like that should be the case anymore. No. There's a lot of medications they're having problems with. We also remember the baby formula shortage that was going on. And And seems to still be going going on on at some level. Yeah. It doesn't seem like we as a country are able to solve basic issues anymore. It's a really fundamental problem. But like Mm -hmm. it does when we have these issues that I feel like America used to be able to handle very easily, it doesn't seem like we're able to do that anymore. Part of that, I think, is they say part of this is sort of China-based because you know, China went through this whole thing where they tried to do zero COVID for all of this time, and now they're coming. They're finally saying, okay, we can't do this. This isn't going to work, which, of course, is true. But because they've locked down their population so tightly for multiple years, many of them have not had COVID yet. They haven't had mm. kind of what we've gone through, which is everybody sort of got it. And you have everybody at this point, almost every soul in America has some level of protection against COVID. Yeah. Almost everybody has something. Uh, whether you've had some medicate, whether you, you know, there might be a medication you prefer. You maybe you like the vaccine. Maybe you don't like it. You just got it naturally. You know, you got it, uh, you know, through someone sneezing in your face or whatever. Everybody's got something now that protects them at some level. That's not the case in China, and including a lot of their old people who, if they got anything at all, likely got the really crappy Chinese vaccines. So Which don't do much of anything. Almost don't work at all. <laughs> right. I mean, those are almost worthless. Ours are pretty bad. Theirs are virtually worthless. So there's nothing really there, right? Like, yeah. So they, they are now going to a place where... They're taking the sort of scary part of COVID on for the first time 
because they supposedly locked their they I mean look, they locked their country down. They didn't really only have a few thousand deaths. That's obviously a lie. It's been much worse there than they've disclosed. But still, there's a much larger uh, chunk of people who have been unaffected by it than in other areas of the world, and they're about to be. So that long story to be said that they are now, you know, trying to figure out. Uh, how to produce all the things they produce for our country yeah uh, in the middle of that crisis which is so not easy I, I guess that might be a component in yeah. this uh there's a doctor a longtime doctor says this is something that's just always been available and now yes. it's not <laughs> he said i've been practicing for 34 years this is the first time i've ever had to worry about being able to recommend tylenol advil or motrin because they're not available incredible that's a mm. should not be the case this is not a third world nation. Why are we having these third world problems? Very bizarre. Uh, meanwhile. I, bl- I blame George Santos, by the way, for this. <laughs> I, they're going to uncover it eventually. The highly sought after, highly respected representative from New York. Yeah. The first, exaggerated his resume. Yeah. The first mm. openly gay Republican uh. elected as a non-incumbent. That's so I I pretty okay. much just will blame him for anything. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's uh, it's all proven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Anthony Fauci had the New York Times uh, come over to his home, do some interviews with him. And uh, there were some, <laughs> there were some revealing things in his house, like the fact that he's got portraits of himself all over his house. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Who does that? Who's got giant portraits of themselves in their office? Kim Jong-un. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you're Mao Zedong, mm-hmm. yeah. you probably you do as do well. Um, but he no, hasn't been around in a while. This isn't him like posing with his family, for no, example. No. No. It's him. Period. Just him by himself. <laughs> yes. He's got bobbleheads of him. He's got massive uh, portraits hanging all over the place in his home of him. Anthony Fauci loves Anthony Fauci. Nobody loves Anthony Fauci oh, more than Anthony Fauci. That's impossible. You can't. You can't. It's interesting because, I mean, you know, like, I, I, I don't think I would want, I don't even like to look in the mirror, let alone have a painting of myself up. <laughs> Like I, I, I'm revolted when I pass by a a, a piece of reflective glass. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely not want photo, uh, you know, portraits Photos, of myself, portraits. especially by myself. No. Like you know, you have right. a picture of your family up. I can understand that. Yes, if it's you and your wife, or you and your wife and kids, yeah, uh, grandkids, whatever, you, and, that's understandable. And like you know, and we have some. Uh, we've obviously been in you know the media for too long, and you know, like we have. Uh, studosmerch.com right now now that has a bunch of merchandise that we sell right for for uh you know for fans of the show and over the years i don't think there's any up there right now but over the years there have been many items that have had our stupid faces on them Mm -hmm. they're never on display at my home no like right like no there's a i have a box somewhere where i (laughs) stick old merchandise that i keep you know for the archives i guess i mean that there's a box with a bunch of stuff of that like that in there but i'm not gonna no way no way would you would you frame it and put up put it up on the wall right no way there's just no way so uh new york times cheryl stolberg said the walls in dr anthony fauci's home and his home office are adorned with portraits of him 
An embarrassed Fauci is uncomfortable with her being there and witnessing all of these bobbleheads and portraits in his house, she writes, because he believes the far right will now attack him as an egomaniac. Well, yeah, only because you are an egomaniac. Mm -hmm. And we've known that forever. He also uh, uh, referred to himself in third person like multiple times throughout this article. The guy is just so in love with himself. It's it, it should be embarrassing to him. I I would be worried about him if he weren't embarrassed by this. But you know what? You wouldn't have to be embarrassed if you didn't have the portraits of yourself all over the place. I mean, who who does that? Yeah, really. It's usually dictators. It is. It's usually yes. people have missile parades. Right. That's usually yes. the way that goes. Yeah. You got your big fat face up on buildings, billboards, statues, if you're the leader of North Korea. But not normally the head of the NIH uh, here in America would have that. It just shows what kind of guy this is. Um, he also claimed that under-vaccinated red states did much worse than the, the blue states during COVID uh, times. Is that even true? I mean, I, I don't think that's true. I'd have to do some research on that. But um, did we have more deaths in red states than they did in blue? Like, did Texas have more deaths in California or New York? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, there's... You per can capita, find, look, I People mean. will find whatever they want to find in this data at this point. I mean, I don't... I don't you know, it's so... It's on, on both sides. People will find whatever, whatever they want. The bottom line, though, to this entire situation is we all recognize that things like this are a trade-off, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the old saying, uh, Thomas Sowell, the, you know, there's no such thing as solutions, there's only trade-offs. When, if you want to lock your population down, if we want to put everybody into their own little sealed uh, phone booth so that they can't interact with any other people and we deliver their, their nutrients by tube, you could, probably cre- you could probably stop a lot of COVID cases, right? Like, you could probably do it. Would that be mm. worth it? You know, fundamentally, you can look at data and find, um, you know, the, you know, like, you know, I think it was Mississippi that did particularly poorly when it comes to a uh, per capita death toll. You can find data like that and you can find you can look at it both ways. You can find obviously New York is the primary example of uh, a of a death rate that was incredibly high. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find that data. You can do it. But again, it has to be a decision made with the entire scope of life. And if you're looking at it as an entire scope of life, did you lock down your entire population far too long, put, make them wear masks, make their kids not be educated, l- learning loss, uh, loss of relatives, uh, you know, connection with relatives, not being able to go to the funeral of your loved ones. Well, of course, the people in Washington got to go to John Lewis's funeral. Of course, they got to do that. But you didn't get to do it. You didn't get to visit your loved ones as they were dying in the hospital. You didn't get to go help a, a needy friend or relative who needed your support at a, a trying, uh, trying time. You didn't get to see your relatives for all of this. And like at the end of the day, isn't the right balance for people to be able to make these choices themselves, to be able to weigh these risks themselves and decide how much of life am I willing to give up to avoid this illness? You know, for some people who are Mm -hmm. particularly vulnerable, it might have been a lot. For some people who are particularly vulnerable, it is a lot. It was a lot, and maybe that was the right choice for them. 
But to do it to an entire population, to do it to children who had almost no risk of negative effects associated, that's borderline criminal to me. Yeah. And, you know, we just mentioned uh, China. Look how they're faring right now. I mean, nobody locked down more and were had harsher restrictions, I, I think, during COVID-19 than China. And mm-hmm. now they've got this massive outbreak again. And we don't even know because they lie. Um, we don't even know how bad their situation is. I mean, there are people that have said that there's 100,000 infections per day in China right now. I mean, two years later, mm. over two years later. 888-727-BECK. More coming up. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. President Biden claims the Secret Service agent, according to a new book, they claim that uh, Biden said the, remember the agent, the Secret Service agent who got bitten by a dog like, I don't know, eight (laughs) days in a row. (laughs) Remember that? Yeah. It was kind of like. uh, And once it was kind of severe. Yeah, it was, it was like a bad sort of like Sideshow Bob. It was he's walking around in the Simpsons and hitting a rake and they just kept hitting him in the face. Yeah, this poor guy. like that. Every place he stepped, he got bit by another dog. Well, the same dog. Uh, so Biden says he's he was lying, according to this new book. That's a lie. Wait, what? Yeah, uh, the Secret Service agent lied. He said, look, uh, the Secret Service are never up here. It didn't happen. Hmm? Oh, hmm. okay. Well. Wasn't he treated by a nurse? There, this should be pretty easy to track down. Although, I'll bet the Secret Service won't do that. They won't look into it. They won't cause any waves because the president has denied it. But they should. They, they should. Biden thought somebody was lying about the way the incident had gone down. Well, the whole thing is, and I remember during, during this situation, it was like, okay, you can't even be honest about your stupid dog. We we have to do, like, intelligence uh, operations to discover whether or not your dog bit one of the Secret Service agents. Apparently, the dog was a little bit out of control at, at one time. And I don't know if it was eight days in a row with the same agent or other right, agents right. were bitten. Yeah. But uh, he suspected, the president suspected that MAGA sympathizers were embedded in the Secret Service because the agency, the agency is full of white ex-cops from the South who tend to be deeply conservative. Wow. I mean, the paranoia of this guy and his obsession with MAGA-related issues, just unbelievable to me. The problem with it is it's been, it's paid off. Right. It's been rewarded. His obsession has been yeah, rewarded. It he, has. He became president of the United States largely based on a campaign of I'm not Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. That was really his only argument as we went into the campaign. He stayed in his basement and said, I'm not Donald Trump a bunch of times. And then uh, had, quote unquote, better than expected results in the midterm. Mm-hmm. Once again, saying ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA. So this behavior pit, has been rewarded. And just pitting Americans against each other. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's despicable. Oh, yeah. Start to finish. Oh, oh it's definitely despicable. <laughs> the question is, does it work? There's no, and apparently there's no it does. part of the calculation as to whether despicable is acceptable for the Biden family. Right? They, they, no, they've the already is, very comfortable with that part of things. The question is, does yeah. it work? If it failed miserably here, 
you may have seen a different uh, change of tone. But he's not going to change tone if it works. And that's what galls me. Because they, you know, they didn't absorb the beating they were supposed to absorb mm-hmm. in November. And, and they still so, lost the house. They're still in a worse yeah, position than they were True, but they him. act like it was just a massive, overwhelming victory for them. And it really wasn't. No, it's, it wasn't. it's look, it's spin. I mean, the bottom line is, uh, back in the summer, they were all predicting they were going to win the House and the Senate. And they didn't. They they lost the House. Look, it was a disappointment for, for us because we were hoping for more control over what they were doing. More more barriers to be put in place of terrible policy. Didn't get all of them. Mm-hmm. Didn't get everything that you wanted, of course, but... Got something. Yeah, you got, you got something there. And I think, you know, look, in some ways, this might be positive for 2024. The way this turned out, there's an argument to be made. This might be the best possible way. Why? Well, you know, Republicans still cleared the hurdle they had to clear, which was come up with a way to stop two more policies that only needed 50 votes right they were able to stop those mm-hmm. now they weren't able to get the, the the you know the ability to stop the supreme court and justices and all that stuff that's going to be a problem there's a lot of there's a lot of problems here but they got the, the lowest hurdle cleared and i think the message sent to democrats despite the fact that they were supposedly going to do much better in the summer they did better than expected in their minds and the message sent to them is hey maybe we don't need to change you know, maybe Biden is fine as our candidate. You know, maybe maybe keep we keep saying chest feeding over and over again. Maybe this is working. Maybe, you know, we start saying that anyone who thinks a, a guy dressed in a women's swimsuit shouldn't be able to swim is a bad person. Maybe we keep saying that. You know, maybe we keep going with the CRT thing. And they are. And they are. And, and you know yeah. what? Honestly, like, I think there were a lot of factors as to why Republicans did worse than expected and and democrats outperformed their last minute expectations but i will say like i don't think it's because they said chest feeding so much i don't think it's because they went super um you know uh super crt in their in their racial breakdown of america i don't think that was the reason they did better than they expected and but so they do. If, if, if they do, that's probably yeah. good. Yeah, it's probably good that they come into the 2024 election, not only with CRT and gender stuff and all, you know, all of this other crazy nonsense. But in addition, with Joe Biden as the guy who's the candidate, and that is much, much more likely than it was if Republicans blew them out. But the real question is, will Republicans go with superstar George Santos in 2024? He's the only guy on my mind. I'll say that. I, I say Santos 2024. You know, if he were he's get, my guy. If he were get elected in 2024, he'd uh-huh. be the first as a non-incumbent openly gay Republican to win the presidency. Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? The Glenn Beck Program. Pack race stupor gear for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you can listen to my show immediately preceding this one every weekday uh, from six to eight central time. Uh, that's seven to nine Eastern. Uh, Pack Ray Unleashed immediately preceding this show or anytime you want uh, on podcast. Yep. And Stu Does America available on YouTube podcast as well. 8 p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. on Blaze TV. You can always join up at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn if you'd like to save 10 bucks. So while we were on vacation, uh, Avatar, The Way of Water, mm. came out. What an enticing release. title. Oh, the way. way of 
water. Of water. Which what way does that mean? will it go? I gotta I see. I must know. <sighs> Which way will the water flow? Ugh. <laughs> Just a dump of a franchise. I don't get it. I didn't get it in 2009 or whenever it came out the first time. I don't get it now. Uh, I haven't seen this one, but uh, <laughs> it's made $440 million since it came out, which is, you know. It's a lot of money. That's a lot. Although that's their lot. ad budget was, what, a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. So I don't know that. I mean, like, it, it, it uh, I know for a fact it underperformed. It's initial. Here it did. Here it did. It was very. It's very now, big. Worldwide, it's one point four billion so far. Well, worldwide, it's interesting. Worldwide, why do people worldwide like Avatar? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I will say it does come off as quite anti-American. Could that be so part I, of it? I mean, maybe huh. if you're in China, it does seem to be a great movie. I don't know. Yeah, it's very anti-capitalist. Yeah, you know, it's very anti-humans. Um, humans. It's super pro-environmentalist. These aren't necessarily cores of the American culture. Uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, it does perform much better overseas than it does here, which is to be expected. Here, though, it mm-hmm. did underperform. The reason I know this is because of this bet that I made months ago with a friend <laughs> who we were all oh, yeah. we were all together and we were, we were talking about somehow Avatar came out and we were just talking about it. And, and we made this point that I think is obviously rational, that any huge movie that made $1.4 billion, every other example of it, has... Meaning uh, memorable characters, memorable story arcs, memorable lines, memorable sequences. It makes a cultural impact. Makes some sort of cultural impact, right? Like, you know, if I tell you Toy Story, like you're going to be able to come Mm -hmm. up with several things from Toy Story. Star Wars, Titanic, another James Cameron movie. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. You're going to remember, people will remember all sorts of things Mm -hmm. from this. No one remembers anything from Avatar. Not one character name. Not one <laughs> significant plot point other than just like, wasn't the blue people in the ocean? Like, that's it. Couldn't have really told you who starred in it. No. No one knows who starred in it. <laughs> I mean, even one of the actresses in this latest one forgot she was in it or forgot it didn't come out yet. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? She thought it already had been released and flopped. Yeah. That's yeah, like I saw that. And then story. it came out. She's like, oh, that movie hadn't even come out yet. That's how long it's been <laughs> since they filmed this thing. Incredible. So... Uh, so I was talking to my friends, and, and, and this is right around the time Top Gun Maverick is out. And it's, you know, lighting the box office on fire. And I'm like, you know, it just made no impact. Like, you know, something like Top Gun Maverick made a big, big impact. Well, I have this one friend uh, who, who starts defending Avatar. And he's like, no, actually, Davis, you know, does, I, it's gonna, I guarantee Avatar 2 does, does more box office business than Top Gun Maverick. Ugh. And I thought to myself, that's completely insane this is at the the peak of maverick mania avatar 2 who's even mentioned it in 10 years right like nobody no one no one one. not a single living human being yeah a few people who had died since yes mentioned it right once like once but then they died shortly after. Yes. And I was it the reason? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to blame Maybe. it. I don't want to, you know, I don't have scientific information necessarily <laughs> no. to back that up. But I'm going to say yes. But it's possible. But it's possible. So uh, we go back and forth. A, a, an endless negotiation goes on. And we eventually come to the point where we're going to bet on, on the opening weekend of Avatar. This is like four months ago. And so we go to the opening weekend of of. Top Gun Maverick and I say there's no way it outdoes that I think it was 126 million was the number for for uh, for 
Top Gun Maverick. However, it's a weird weekend because it was a Memorial Day weekend. So a lot of people who might have normally gone on the weekend go on Monday. They don't jam it all into the weekend like normal. So we have a little bit of a negotiation. We come up with a number 134.45 million. 134.45 million. I am supremely (laughs) confident in this bet. At this moment, this is the most, this is the best investment I've ever made in my life. (laughs) Now, as uh, and the, as I will say, maybe the effects of a couple of uh, of beers f- fade away. I start to realize the person I've made this bet with is a former movie executive. <laughs> oh boy! No. Oh no! You lost. This is somebody who knows approximately one hundred times the amount mm-hmm. that I do about this industry and how it works. He's thought this out, and he has. Uh, <laughs> really put more intellectual power into this along with much more institutional knowledge and very soon after this i start to realize i'm in real trouble in this bet because Mm -hmm. they are going to put 150 million dollars into advertising this movie before it even comes out not to mention they re-released the original avatar in theaters leading up to it to build up they had a plan to make some money off of this movie anyway the initial weekend uh, projections come out. This is on like Wednesday of the release of the movie. One hundred and seventy five million dollars. <laughs> now, again, our number is over or under one hundred and thirty four point four five million. OK, well, now I'm well, hold on. All right. The first day comes out. Yeah. First day comes out and it is uh, they say actually is now we now see it in a range between one hundred and fifty and one hundred and seventy five million. I see that the next mm-hmm. night comes out. <laughs> They say, we now think it's going to be toward the bottom of the range of 150 to 175 million. Saturday night's results come out. Sunday morning, this mm-hmm. is the day, we, the day before we're going to find out the final result. They say, new estimate for Avatar 2, 134 million. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, we're back <laughs> in the game. 134.45. The estimate is 134 million. Now, my friend. So my friend is, for the first time, a little panicked. But still, I think he thinks they're going to get across the finish line. Mm -hmm. The global numbers come out early, and they exceed expectations for the last day. But was it a global bet or domestic? Only domestic. Okay. So the 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 on uh, you would have been killed. Oh yeah. on the global take. on the global take. I, but I knew I knew that I wasn't going to make that bet. I mean, yeah. they make amusement parks for this crap in other parts of the world, even mm-hmm. while they make it here too. But that's the other. <laughs> so anyway, one hundred thirty-four million. The uh, the next day comes out. My friend actually emails the lead entertainment reporter from a major newspaper to get the number early, just so we can find out who won this bet. the 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 number comes out one hundred and thirty four point one zero zero two two six million. It's great. We won the bet That's by three hundred and fifty three hundred thirty thousand. Dollars. That's amazing. Uh, again, a projection made after several beers four months ago, and we won. And I will tell you, getting that Venmo was the greatest. I bet the greatest feeling of yeah. all time. Just to rub it in his face. <laughs> I love that you till the it. end of time. No right to win that bet, but we did. Oh, that's awesome. So something good came out of Avatar too. I know you thought it was impossible, but something good came out of it. <laughs> Uh, but i mean it really is amazing that there's no cultural impact and again i think it extends to this one it's going to make another billion dollars here in the united states 
And still, I, I have not heard anyone talking about it. I haven't either. No one, no one is like, oh, this ama-. the reviews, which were generally speaking, numbers-wise, positive, still basically are saying the same thing from the first one, which was the technology is amazing, the scenery is really cool, yeah, but not much of a story, not much there as far as dialogue, nothing really memorable. Just like, hey, what a clear picture. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I mean, it's in something. HD. Yeah. It's oh, wow. You, really? don't know, you don't know how many pixels <laughs> I saw up there. Oh, there's lots of pixels. There was over two trillion colors right. involved in right. the making like, of that it's film. It's stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I incredible. so how many do we need? <laughs> I need I need eight. Give me give me the primaries plus a couple. <laughs> That's all I need. Uh, all right. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Let's go to Michael in Utah. Hey, Michael, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu. Hey, how's it going? Good. I've been the program since I was eight years old, 24 now, and for the past 16 years, I've had no idea what this program's been about. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar 2, I think I know why you guys don't quite get it, because it's not okay. a franchise meant for the older generation. It's meant uh, more for the uh-huh. younger generation. So what you got here is a cool-looking movie with a storyline that mm-hmm. is just there because I know a lot of younger guys are really just there for the effects. <laughs> right. That's mm-hmm. totally what it is. It's what the older people yeah. are there for too, by the way. I and mean, it's, you know, it's an incoherent storyline, which fits great with millennials. Mm. Exactly. And it's got that 1980s sort of like hippie environmental message too. Yeah. Because in this one, they yeah. hunt whales and you don't want to hunt the whales. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Michael. I guess that's where you go. It's I just, guess uh, so. That's where we had to end up. It's amazing, though, that that is, I think, generally true. But it's like, mm. I guess it is targeted towards younger people because what adults would want to consume this drivel. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Toy Story was also aimed at kids. But and that I has a it. lot of moments uh, yeah. that are very iconic, right? Monsters, Inc. was aimed at kids. Mm-hmm. All the all those cartoons are aimed at kids, uh, and man, it seems like adults can remember them. But yeah, it is somewhat they're unique. So vapid, uh, <laughs> these movies. It's just there's nothing to hang on to, and it's not just us. I, I I looked this up after I think we talked about it before the break, and uh, so I I googled Avatar, and there's a lot of people who feel like that. Yeah, like there's yeah. just no cultural impact to it. That it's just, I don't know, it's cotton candy. It's in your mouth one uh, for one second, and then it's melted away, and it's gone. And you don't even remember it. Bizarre. 888-727-BECK. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glenbeck.com. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. We're just talking about streaming obsessions or any shows that we're watching right now that you're binge. There's not really, there's not really one right now that uh, that I just must see every day. Yeah, and or two or three or four episodes or twelve episodes a day. But in the past, I remember people talking about Lost. Year after year after year yeah. before I finally broke down and watched that and was obsessed with it. 
Then for years, I heard Stu babbling about suits. <laughs> year after year after. I finally broke down and watched it. It just became obsessed with it. That's so funny. Now, I, I, people say that a lot about suits. They didn't necessarily... Or it was about Lost. Lost. They didn't say it a lot about suits. No, That's but it I, is. It's a great series. Yeah, I didn't watch Loved it initially it. because it was on USA. And I was like, right. I can't watch a show on USA. I, I just didn't feel think like it, it wasn't going to be good. Right. It was really good. I, I loved it. And it's honestly part of the reason why I can't get on, on board with all the Meghan Markle bashing. Me neither. Because she was on Suits. So That's how I Suits. She was so great in Suits, yep. and I and I liked yep. her then. And so I'm just giving her a pass for all, whatever she's doing now. I don't know. <laughs> Me too. She, she may have run over a bunch of school children last yeah, week. Yeah, but she I, was okay. on Suits. She I was like really her. good in Suits. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. Everyone seems to hate her now. Maybe with really good reason. I just, I just because yeah, I, I knew her from that. I, I, I can't feel the passion. I don't know her. if it's with good reason or not because I don't follow the Royals. Yeah, I don't care. Followed suits, but I don't follow the Royals. I had the same thing with Breaking Bad, where everyone said, oh, this is amazing. You have to watch it. You love it. It's incredible. And then I eventually broke down and watched it and absolutely loved it. And this Mm -hmm. has happened to me now several times, and I don't have time for more. I don't have time for more shows. I can't can't get into anything else. And, And I will say, I now will not even start a show unless it's five seasons in. If they can't get to five seasons, mm-hmm. I don't want to get in the middle of something and then two seasons in, they're like, oh, by the way, canceled. no one was watching this. Even though you like it, no one, it sucks I for everybody that. else. Yeah, and so I it's hate canceled. That. hate that. It screws you over because you commit all of these resources to watching mm-hmm. and then you get the rug pulled out from under you. I will, if it's not five seasons, I won't even start it now. That's a new policy. <laughs> a good policy. I think it is. I think it's pretty solid. But I al- it means I always miss the new shows. <laughs> It's got to run like everyone's on me for Yellowstone right now. You got to watch mm-hmm. Yellowstone. It's incredible. You got to watch. Well, have you watched 1883 yet? Have you watched 1219 yet? Have you watched <laughs> the year six yet? It's incredible. The year six is the best year one. Year six is so good. It's so good. So good. But I, I can't. I don't know. How long has Yellowstone <laughs> been going on? If it hasn't in five seasons, I can't start it. It's. I think it's in its fifth season. It's in its fifth season. Yeah, I okay. think so. So I guess this year I can I start to consider watching Yellowstone. Glenn loves it. You love it too, yeah. right? I mean, everyone seems to love it. I mean, there's, there, uh, there's. I think there's only one season each so far of 1883. Because you know, what? How how long can you carry out one year? Because I think the next season would have so, to be 1884. You would think so. Yeah, <laughs> yes. seems that way. <laughs> uh, and then 1923. I don't know how long that's going to last. That's another one. Is it really 19? There's 1883, 1923, and yeah. Yellowstone, which is right. set in the current day. Yes. Because I have a Yellowstone's I current. The other two are from the years that. Of the same name. I do have another long-standing rule, which is I don't really like movies or TV shows that take place before World War II. Like, that's my line. Yeah, I knew that was a rule of yours. So, yeah. again, you take out yeah. all shows pre-World War II and all shows less than five seasons, then you start to narrow this thing down a little bit. Quite a bit. You know, there's you don't have as many shows to choose from. See, I couldn't watch 1883 or 1923, uh-huh. but I could watch Yellowstone, I suppose. All right. Well, you can't watch it. Well, you can watch it and listen to uh, 2023, uh, at least on this program, uh, again tomorrow. See you then. This is the Glenn Beck Program.